Welcome everybody to the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. And I am your co-host, Hannah. Alright, and today is our 14th episode, I believe. And first off, I want to give a massive thanks to all the people that I've been watching the Verpine episode as of late. Um, It's our second popular episode. It's our second most popular episode at around 540-ish views at the time of his recording, somewhere around there. Um, I'm just flabbergasted by the... uh, I I knew this episode was going to stand out, but I didn't think it was going to stand out that much. I know, right? (laughs) So yeah, um, thank you to all the subscribers for supporting the podcast on YouTube as well as... uh, the people that have been listening to our audio format on Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Um, once again, thank you everybody for supporting the podcast, and I hope that uh, we could keep making more episodes that you guys can enjoy, just me and Hannah. Unfortunately, um, our third co-host, Hit Kit, won't be able to be attending the podcast from here on out. Uh, just some personal stuff. Uh, nothing against the channel or anything like that, just... You know, life life happens. Life happens, but he has been telling us that he might be able to come in for a couple of episodes or two, but nothing concrete yet. But for the for the meantime, both me and Hannah are the permanent members of this podcast. Yeah. You know, life happens. It yeah. It gets in the way. Yeah, so the Mon Calamari will be out of commission for God At least knows a while. Long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for if you didn't see Hannah, I put a uh, I did order sign it's pretty on funny. my account. That is pretty funny. That is pretty funny, yes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if people were watching just for that. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so for our, oh yeah, Patreon stuff. Um, so we just uploaded a new Patreon art piece uh, introducing a shirtless uh, <laughs> Falcorion himself, the Emperor of the Eternal Empire. <sighs> <laughs> So yeah, um, we had, once again, if you donate to our Patreon from our lowest to our highest tier, you will have exor- access to our Discord channel. No matter how much you pay, whether it's from three dollars at minimum or ten at most, you'll always have access to our Discord channel. And I do appreciate if you love our podcast and you know you, know, you, you can talk to us, send us suggestions. You know, we we want to get to know our fans. Yeah. It it makes all of this worthwhile. It is, and uh, it, it's a little bit small, but I'm looking forward to the, the Can Mayonnaise, Can Mayonnaise Kilo Jedi podcast slowly grow, and we welcome you with open arms. Gladly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, with the Patreon out of the way, um, I'm sure you can guess what today's episode is going to be, Hannah. We're talking about the four-armed lightsaber collector. Oh, yeah. General Grievous himself. I actually have a uh, pop figurine of Bobblehead right here. I'll put a picture later, but he's a uh, crowning achievement of my former pop collection. But, you know, um, and I also have two Cad Banes on the side for whatever reason. Grievous is one of my most favorite villains in all of Star Wars. Can you say that about Cad Bane, too? Second favorite. <laughs> There's a lot of favorites. And that's okay. That's okay. There's a lot of races. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of favorite everything in Star Wars. Because, Everybody has a favorite. Yeah. You love Valkorion, Thrawn. Was there anybody else? I just like the Sith as a whole. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> you have a knack for the big brain boys. Yep. Yep. 
and for the guys with the gigantic biceps, Grievous doesn't have any of that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you like the bad guys. The, I do the, love the bad the, guys. The gunslingers and the warmonger. Uh, yeah, the warmonger, <laughs> the, the cowboy gunslingers. Whatever. Um, <laughs> other villains are kind of escaping me right now, but I'll get back to it later. Um, I just have a really nice soft, soft spot for uh, cyborg-related villains. Grievous being one of them. Of course, Darth Vader is the most popular cyborg villain in all of Star Wars. Probably the most popular villain in general in Star Wars. Most likely. Yeah. Aside from probably Palpatine. And Good Mal. old Papa Palpatine is probably Papa up there. <laughs> Count Dooku's kind of there. Maul as well. But there's a lot of great villains. And uh, I'll actually get... So, to give you a little bit of background, um, okay, for the audience first, I know that uh, Grievous is a very popular character, and there is a lot of stories surrounding him, like, uh, I don't think I'll be able to do him complete justice in just one episode. Because like, we only have so much time. Yeah, yeah. And I know there will always be that one guy who who will be all like, why didn't you talk about this certain story about Grievous, or what about what Grievous did with that? Like that means- I. Sorry. Yeah. That means that you can add it in the comments. Yeah, exactly. Just don't um, be a dick about it. Yeah. It's it's always good to put fun facts here and there. Just, yeah, just don't be a uh, bamboo head or whatever. <laughs> Poodoo. <laughs> Poodoo head. There we go. My proper uh, Star Wars slang pronunciations. Anyway, um, what was I going to use? Okay. Um, so, point is, I will be talking about Grievous in the beginning the middle, maybe a little bit of his personalities and relationship with other characters and a little bit of his accomplishments here and there. But the most important thing that we're going to be talking about is who Grievous is as a character. That's the point of these episodes like we did with Vitiate and all that fun stuff. And depending on fans who have seen, you know, the prequels, the prequels don't cover a lot of Grievous. Oh, yeah. Like uh, when George Lucas was creating Grievous, he was... Creating a Darth Vader clone, just your average mustache twirling villain that you would find <laughs> in a Saturday morning cartoon. That's kind of like uh, a lot, what a lot of people have a grudge about with canon Grievous, because, you know, he's just your Saturday morning villain who always loses. Yeah. But he actually has a very deep character, so I'll get more into his uh, origins. Um, it's almost like on the, the surface... He's just like, oh, yeah, he's a general for Dooku, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But with this episode, we're going to delve deeper. And also, fun fact, uh, before he was actually introduced on the big screen in Revenge of a Sith, I still remember watching that movie when I was very, very young, um, he actually got introduced in the old Clone Wars, by, which was made by the creator of Samurai Jack. Oh, right, that. the animated one. Yeah, the, the TV animated, animated one. Yeah. Um, that was his first proper introduction to audiences, and he was just this unstoppable monster who could kill Jedi handily. He's just a force yeah, of nature. He ripped through a battalion of Jedi. Oh, yeah. and Kick Shakti's ass. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the movie came around. It's like, this This is the guy who killed a million Jedi? What the fuck? That sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like watered down. Like, what the fuck yeah. happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and- the, the asthmatic... <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a little bit into his uh, coughing fits, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, interestingly, uh, 
So as I was doing research, I remember back in the day when Disney got the rights for Star Wars and all that fun stuff and when there's the canon and the legend section of everything. There wasn't really a canon origins for Grievous, but from what I remember back in the day, like high school, like six years ago or something like that, and word of mouth from YouTuber, his origin story was basically along the lines of he's a warlord who who faced uh, numerous amounts of opponents, he's unstoppable, then he comes across the Jedi with their mystical powers and the force and their laser swords, and he's all like, God damn, I, I want to join the Jedi, and he approaches the Jedi, and he's like, hey, uh, can I become a Jedi? And the Jedi looked at this fully grown Kalish warlord, and they're like, nah, fam. Did he really? Yeah. I mean, that's the story that I've heard. Huh. But, and then Grieve is like, I'm so fucking mad, I'm gonna make myself a cyborg. Fuck you, Jedi. <laughs> Which is obviously very stupid. It does sound very stupid. Yeah. But, but that's like word of mouth that I've heard from YouTubers and friends back in the day. That sounds like a crack fix someone would come up with. Oh yeah, yeah. That's another reason why people dislike canon uh, Grievous because that's a very lame origin story. But yeah. you know, um, as I was doing my research, the canon origin of Grievous has expanded a little bit more. It's essentially the same as Legends. Just some details have been taken out here and there. Fair. Yeah. So, thank goodness for that. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say that Legend Grievous is superior to Canon Grievous because, you know, the force of nature can actually kill Jedi and doesn't run away like a coward. But there's a fair argument to be made for both sides. Like, Legends Grievous is... He kills Jedi on the regular who have the ability to pull down Star Destroyers with their abilities from Force. And it's a lot of people have theorized that that version of Grievous is basically propaganda by the Separatists, which I think is a neat idea. But That's smart. Yeah. And the canon Grievous is a little, yes, he's watered down, He's but he's much more grounded. He's not portrayed as this unstoppable force or anything like that. But he's still, like... You know, in the eyes of, like, normal citizens, this hulking cyborg dude yeah. is terrifying. Yeah, it's kind of like the, like, how we look at B-1 battle droids, but normal foot soldiers of the Separatists, sure, they're not much of a threat to Jedi because, you know, they're laser swords and everything. But for the average citizen, they're fucking horrifying. Yeah. I mean, just imagine an entire army of these droids walking towards you like they're robotic zombies. I mean, the Gungans held them pretty well. Yep, fairly well, but they still got their asses handed to them. But, Very you know. true. <laughs> but anyway, um, let me actually get into the meat of this episode and not do the semantics or anything like that. So, it wasn't exactly known when Grievous was born. Assumingly, it was like a couple of decades before the Battle of Naboo or Invasion of Naboo back in 32 BPY. Mm -hmm. um, he was born, obviously, on his home world of Kali. Which is basically a, a middle buttfuck nowhere planet with no resources to speak of. And he was born under the name of Kwaiman Jal Shalal. I noticed that the Kalish names are really weird. Yeah, like, uh, what was that Sif Apprentice character, Darvzel or something like that? Or, yeah, it was an Inquisitor. Oh, Zalak. Zalak. But go. he has a whole long ass name, oh, but yeah. he just says, call me Zalak. Yeah. And Zaylike is a pretty cool character. He's a good apprentice. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And Koiman Zhao Shilo, I'll call him Shilo for now, um, he was born. Any other time on Kali, it would have been pretty normal. Granted, they are a warrior race, very similar to the Mandalorians. But he was born at a particularly rough time in Kali history. So, when he was born, he was his life was already miserable right off the bat. Because the Kalish were basically at odds with another technologically advanced race called the Yamri. And imagine the Yamri like a uh, five foot to six foot tall mantis people. Hmm. So yeah. Um, Yet another insect species. <laughs> these guys are not the good guys though. And the Yamri, uh, they approached Kali and they're like, well, fuck, this is a back backwater world with no resources, nothing that we could take from it. But... It is full of these warrior people. We're going to abduct those as slaves. Oh, shit. And this has been happening for several generations. So, like, each Kalish, like, if you were living on a Kali, as a Kalish at the time, you would hear stories of your neighbor being abducted in the middle of the night. The women, the children, the men, all of them gone. Never to be heard men. from again. And the women and the children, too. <laughs> of course, I had to make that reference. Yes, of course. Um... And through their uh, numerous generations of being abducted in the middle of the night by the Yamri, the the Kalish gave them a appropriate moniker. They're, they call them the Huck, which in the Kalish language means soulless bug. Very fair. Yep. And the Huck, um, <laughs> so Quimen uh, was kind of a uh, angry little child because you know his parents and his you know, neighbors, friends, and all that are under constant threat by these seven-foot-tall mantis people. Mm -hmm. And his father decided, hey, kid, I'm going to teach you the ways of a warrior so that you could defend your family and friends from these slavers. Well, and, duh. And he decided to teach them in the ways of using a slug thrower, which is like the Star Wars equivalent to our projectile weapons. It's a gun. Life. Yeah. It's a gun that doesn't shoot uh, lasers or anything, just a regular gun. And at, he became basically a prodigy sniper. And at the age of six, he slain more than 40 of the Yamri under his name. God damn. And then at, by the age of 22, he had slain so many of them that he was seen as a demigod by his people. That is cool. Yeah. Because I do know cool. from a side quest in, or no, I think it's, yeah, it's a side quest for Zalek in the Old Republic, the Kalish believe that when they die, they become gods. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they like to become gods and all that fun stuff. They believe that they become gods. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's arguable they become actual gods, but yeah, they're a very um, spiritual people. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that aspect of them. Yeah. Through his reputation, though, his reputation would continue to grow alongside one of his closest comrades, a female Kalish mercenary named Randiru Kumar who was also a prodigy swordswoman. Is that his wife? Uh, we'll get into that. Um, their partnership and how it came to be is kind of shrouded in mystery. Of course, everything is in Star Wars. Yeah. I'm not surprised. But, <laughs> but the legend has it that one day Shalal was sleeping and he had this dream or like a vision. He It was in a... Uh, the first person he was wandering through the woods armed with two lick swords and he was hunting a creature called a mumu which is 
It's described <laughs> as a uh, as a uh, tusked quadruped, so I imagine like a bison or something like that. Probably. But point is, they're a very important prey item on Kali. Um, and he sees himself kill this Mumu with his lick swords. Then he wakes up and he says to himself, that dream, that was a very weird dream. I... I guess it's a vision telling me I need to go moo-moo hunting. Might as well. <laughs> so he gathers together some of his lick swords. He's not particularly skilled as a swordsman, but he's decided, ah, what the hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and he donned his father's mask because his father had died at around that point and he's living on through his mask. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the woods to hunt for his moo Instead, however, he came across the already dead body of a moo and next to it was Rendiru with her two lick swords. Oh. And he was like, what the fuck? Oh. So he saw I, it through her perspective. Yeah, he saw it through her perspective. And he's all like, okay, it wasn't me that was meant to kill the Mumu, but. And he kind of interpreted that vision as we were meant to be together. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And so forth began the legend of the dreamer and the dreamt one. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, again, it isn't exactly known what their relationship was. Some say they were lost siblings, reunited. Others say that they were lovers, while many others just assume they were the closest of friends. It does sound like they're lovers. Yeah. Uh, When we get more into it, I would explain why I think they're lovers more. But anyway, point is, so both... Randiru Kumar and Kwaiman Zhao Shulal became this unstoppable team um, with, you know, uh, Randiru's skill with her swords and uh, Shulal with his skill as a marksman. They were able to cut down several Huck all across the planet. Mm-hmm. And they were seen as heroes. Like, they became beacons of hope for the Kalish across the entire planet. Like, oh my god, the two twin demigods are saving us from these oppressors. And, you know... That's pretty cool. And they started to rally more warriors to their side to at last kick the Yamri off of their world so that none of their family or neighbors would get abducted and be taken into slavery for eternity. Mm-hmm. However, as most things are in Star Wars... That thing would be dashed away. Something happened. So, um, where was it? Uh, so one day they were fighting swarms of Yamri on the beaches that, uh, on the beaches that border the Janawa Sea, which is like the one of several seas on all of Kali. But unfortunately, as both Randiro and Shalal were an unstoppable team together, separated they weren't that good yeah um i mean not terrible um shalal was putting up a pretty good fight however randiro was literally torn to shreds by the yammer oh my god and shalal was like holy fuck randiro and he's trying to fight through the swarm to rescue her but unfortunately, she was long dead by then. And, the, and to add salt to the wound, the Yamri threw her into the sea, Aww. never to be recovered. That way she couldn't achieve godhood in yeah. their eyes. Yep. Because I, I did remember from, again, the Zalek side quest, mm-hmm. um, his father's shrine on Ilum was disturbed by, like, miners. Mm-hmm. And he was getting revenge on them for disturbing his bones. Like, yep. he was slaughtering them. Oh, yeah. Slaughtering them like animals. Exactly. 
I, I so, know I had to put up that meme too. Anyway. So death is important to the Kalish. Oh yeah, they're very important. And as you mentioned before, Rendira would never be recovered and would never become a god in the Kalish's eyes. Yep. Um, after this so that battle, probably hurt him a lot. Oh yes, it, it really did, and that's just an understatement. Um, <laughs> somehow, just again, not explained. Somehow, um, so Quimen. I always forget these names. I always have to think a little bit before uh, opening my mouth. Shalal was so grief-stricken by this that he was bawling. Like, many of the priests tried to calm him down, but they weren't able to. And he decided, in his grief-stricken state, he decided to get onto a boat. And he traveled solo across the Janua Sea with numerous thunderstorms, tsunamis, and all this shit. And he decided, I'm going to go to this island called Abessimi, which is basically an island monolith, the holiest of holy places. And according to legend, it was the gateway between the, uh, the divine and the real world. That's Ooh. literally where they go to pray to their gods. Interesting. So, Shalal goes to this monolith, you know, after going through all that serious, death-defying shit. Mm -hmm. And he literally... Not literally, it doesn't put that in, but I'm doing this for uh, hyperbole's sake. He goes on his hands and knees, and he prays to the gods, Please, rise Rundiru out of the sea so I could say goodbye to her one last time. He's like desperate to say goodbye. He is very desperate, but nothing. Oh. The, the gods didn't answer his pleads for help. Ugh. And That hurts. You know, Grievous uh, Shalal uh, couldn't do anything else, so he decided to go back home forever in shame. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah, it was a really bad day for Grievous. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so afterwards, you want to know what he did? What'd he do? So, to fill this void in his heart, you know, of his closest comrade being taken from him, he decided well, we're not on a revenge streak just yet, but uh, he decided to marry himself off to ten wives, and he had thirty children in the process. Holy shit! Yeah. I thought he just had two! No, he had thirty children. Oh, I didn't I, th I, didn't <laughs> thought, I, I thought I knew the Kalish practiced polygamy. That's yeah. pretty cool though. Yeah, he's just looking at both Chaotic I mean, Moon. Thirty kids. <laughs> he had thirty kids. He got busy. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> Damn. Padme died from a broken heart. Grievous is looking at her and laughing. <laughs> looking at both Chaotic Mundi and Valkorian and laughs. Oh, you had three children. I have thirty. <laughs> Anyways, um, even though. Shalal loved his wives and his children and to a certain degree. They weren't able to fill the void of his empty heart that he had for Kumar. That Which hurts. is why I like to lean that they're lovers more than siblings or whatever. Because yeah. even if you love someone, even if they are a lover or a friend, if you lose someone that important to you, yeah. it's always going to leave a hole in your heart. Oh yeah, it is. I know several people who have experienced that. I've experienced it myself. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> I totally understand. So yeah, Shalal was sad, even having a literal harem. Yeah, that sadness is going to stick with you. It's, <laughs> that's what grief does. 
Yeah. And from that moment, Kwaiman Joshua died, and the name of Grievous took hold, for he would remain heartbroken for the rest of his life. Oh. So that's how, yes, uh, he wasn't born with the name Grievous, <laughs> if it wasn't obvious. Um, but then afterwards, even though he lost his partner, Grievous was determined to do one thing, and that was kick the Yamri off of his planet once and for all. So... Basically, what he did, he was able to reorganize his forces and even created a uh, special group called the Esvara. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. It's basically a collection of eight elite Kalish warriors who served as Grievous's personal bodyguards and generals. Interesting. And each one of them have their own army, so he, he essentially has the entire planet under his charge. That's badass. And uh, So that's how he became a warlord. Oh yeah, he was a fucking... Giga Chad, <laughs> despite, you know, being literally heartbroken for the rest of his life, he was like, okay, whatever, I'm going to gather together all of my people and, you know, fight for my lover and kick these insects off of my planet. Fuck you! And after enough time, they were successful in driving the Yamri off. They were like, fuck this shit, our slaves are fighting back, we might as well ditch everything and go back and do whatever it is we're doing. Mm -hmm. And despite that, you know, Grievous would have kept well alone and, you know, be, be fine with doing whatever. But as he, he wanted to make sure after killing both his father and Kumar, he wanted to make sure that the Huck can no longer threaten his people in the near future or the far future. Yay, so, genocide! Yeah. Um, so he gathered together a lot of captured Huck ships and weapons, and he managed to reorganize this entire primitive race into a space-faring society, and he decided to the Geneva Convention, what's that? And decided to <laughs> go to a bunch of Huck colony worlds and he burned it to ashes. Everybody. <laughs> both, you know, military and civilians alike. The Geneva Convention is a checklist. Oh yeah. <laughs> Geneva suggestion, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Grievous following the long line of people committing genocide in Star Wars. Very fair. A lot of main characters did at it at some point in their life. <laughs> <coughs> Skywalker. <coughs> <coughs> Leia. <laughs> <laughs> I did say Skywalker, so yeah, yeah. she falls under that. And the Yamri were kind of desperate. They were all like, hey, many of our grand armies, go stop that motherfucker. And each army that they sent after Grievous, they never returned. They were decapitated and Damn. used as trophies. You know, Grievous was a fucking monster. He was just slaughtering warriors left and right. Nothing was going to stop him. And I mean, he, if he was a force user, he would have gone completely oh, dark yeah, side. He would have been a He'd unstoppable. by his hate. Yeah, he would have been an unstoppable dark sider. And he was actually getting pretty close to the Amory homeworld itself. And the Yamri were basically sweating at this point. I mean, they obviously couldn't sweat, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he was within the clasp of victory. But you want to know what happened next? What happened? The Yamri, being the sore losers that they were, went to the Republic for help. 
Oh, shit. And either through bribery or simple negligence, the Republic were like, okay, we believe you. Of course, the Republic fucks it up. Yeah. I I wanted to... I, it's kind of one of those things that, like, why didn't they investigate this? Why didn't they look at the Yamri and be like, why are these people attacking you? What did you do to them? You know, that sort of thing. That's but because the Republic doesn't did. care. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay, we'll stop it. No, no, it's all like uh, the Amory go to one of the senators. Hey, could you petition the Republic to help us? We got these primitive people at our doorstep. And the senator's like, I mean, sure, but what did you do to them? And he just hands him a uh, pouch full of credits. And he's like, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> so, Considering how corrupt the Senate is, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So basically... um. They petitioned the Republic, and the Republic, in turn, sent the Jedi to mediate things, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote, yeah. mediate. And once the Jedi got involved, they pushed the Kalish straight back to their homeworld. Ouch. And Grievous was, That's once again, That's a big blow to him. Oh, yeah. Not and, only to himself, but to his ego. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, the Republic's... The, uh, the Republic put very harsh terms on the Kalish. Like, they basically sanctioned them. They had them do fines and all that for, you know, reparations for killing a bunch of their... The, the Again, the Geneva Convention. Oh, yeah. And that being said, the Kalish aren't exactly innocent, but it's pretty harsh. Yeah. Like, Still, that sucks. Yeah, they were basically given fines that they had no way of paying back. And, you know, sanctioned their crops, their economy was going downhill. And basically all of Kali was suffering from famine and starvation. That and sucks. And Grievous looked upon his people like, sure, they were free now, but they were being assailed by a different kind of enemy. It's like, fuck, I, I'm a warlord. I can't help my people like this. And, like, he's no farmer, let alone a politician. Yeah, so. he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he's just stuck. He knows war. He knows battle. Yeah. But then, as of answering his plight, a certain person approached him. Let me guess. Siku? No. That no? That will come until much later. Okay. Um, he was approached by this lovely big-brained guy called Sand Hill of the Intergalactic Binky Clan. Oh! And Sand Hill was like, God damn, Grievous. I've heard the tales of this warlord who gathered together a very primitive race and beat back a space-faring insects. I want you to be my personal enforcer. Ah. And in return, I will pay off the debts of a Kalish and we will renew your economy. What's the catch? He just, you know, be his personal debt collector. Fair. And the Grievous, at first, was kind of insulted because he saw the banking clan and all these mega corporations as very soulless, much like the Yamri. But he looked at his people, and he's all like, "I, I, this is the only way I could help my people. I might be working for a greedy corporation, but." It's what I can do. It's all I can do. I, the Republic isn't going to help. The Jedi aren't going to help. I might as well sell myself out with the banking clan. And he decided, I'm going to put... He 
pushed aside his pride and he decided to put the well-being of his people first. And he's like, yes. That's a good leader. I accept. And with that, uh, even though he he was more of an indentured servant than anything else, but as long as his people are free, then he's content with that. And true to uh, Sandhill's word, he was able to rejuvenate the Kalish and, you know, have their economy renewed and, you know, have the Republic fuck off with their fines and everything. <laughs> and basically, so you remember the uh, Collector from Mortal Kombat 11? Yes. That's basically the role that uh, Grievous played for the banking clan. Okay. So he basically served as the leader of their collections and security division, which is basically their privatized army. He was a debt collector. Yes. He was a glorified debt collector. And this glorified debt collector led entire armies. Oh my god. Because, you know, the banking clan, they would, you know, give out loans to more than just people who want to make houses or get a get something for a car. They would be... A, given out loans to entire governments. Yeah. And if those governments don't pay back, well, we're going to send our army after you and we're going to send Grievous. That's terrifying. That is, yeah. Especially because he probably had a reputation going around the galaxy as this badass warlord. Yep. Holy shit. He's just a privatized warlord now. I mean, if it's anything to help your people. Yep, exactly. And... He did his job pretty well. He was able to reclaim a couple of planets and repossess a couple of corporations that were paying their dues to the banking clan and all that fun stuff. Um, though, unfortunately, m- many of his troops were basically soulless droids, and he hated those droids with a <laughs> passion. That's ironic. Yeah, and uh, even though he was doing a pretty good job, his people were flourishing, he, was, he requested multiple times, hey... Could I have my good old buddies, the Eshovara? You know, those eight elite warriors that were always by his side. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, can I have my warriors by my side and do my job better? And Since, you know, they actually kicked ass. Yeah, and, you know, probably out of nostalgia, but, you know. But the Banking Clan would say no multiple times, mostly because they feared that his charismatic warlord would overthrow them if he was surrounded by organic soldiers instead of, you know, droids that they could shut off with a flick of a switch. That sucks. Yeah. And Grievous was like, okay, if I'm not going to have my elite soldiers, can I at least have better combat droids instead of these incompetent ones? And the Banging Clan, with uh, approval from their backer, was like, sure, we'll give you one. Who's the backer of the Banging Clan? Uh, I'll, I'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, this is all leading up to points. Anyway, um, so... This was when the Banking Clan commissioned uh, Hollow One Mechanicals, which are known for making assassin droids. Okay. And they created uh, Grievous's trademark bodyguards, the IG-100 Magna Guards. You know those droids with uh, the electro staffs and the red eyes? Uh, you're gonna have to show me a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 or I will Google it. I got it. I got you. I All got right. you, fam. Um, <laughs> Oh, there are yeah. so many. There are so many droids to keep track of in Star Wars. Oh, those. Okay. Yeah, they were. Um, they were an elite bodyguard droid specifically asked by Grievous, and despite having pre-programmed of the greatest fighting styles in the galaxy, Grievous was basically disgusted. Have their memories erased, and he d- decided to train the droids himself. He was like, "Fuck this! 
you don't know how to train. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. He, which is pretty goddamn impressive. And he was a little bit disturbed that these mechanical beings move very similarly to his own personal bodyguards back on Kali. But he was very comp. He was very content with these new bodyguard droids. Like, okay, I, I can. That's work good. With this. He's like, I can work with this. Yeah, and had this gone on, he would have been content with serving the banking clan for the rest of his life. But history would soon force his hand. Of course. So, as always, <laughs> something goes wrong. So news reached his ear that the Yamari apparently being pissed off that they almost got curbs on by the Khalif, decided, the Khalif, sorry, decided that they were going to recolonize their world of Khalif. And in the process, they apparently desecrated numerous Khalif burial grounds. That's not good. And the Republic stood by and did nothing. And Grievous oh, like... fucking course. And Grievous was fuming. He was furious. Who wouldn't be? And God he, damn, that's shitty. Yeah, as as soon as his news reached his ears, he was all like, okay, Sandhill, I appreciate you helping out my people, but I gotta go back to Kali, so fuck you. <laughs> Just fuck you. And he went back to Kali, and he had plans to restart the war with the Yamari. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. Yeah. And Sandhill was also not happy that Grievous basically backed out of their contract and for a little bit he had contemplated sending an assassin because you know he needed to send a message like this was this is what happens when you leave a banking clan but obviously he kind of back backpedaled because he was kind of fearful of what grievous would do to him if he survived yep and sandhill decided to approach pago the lesser and he's all like Hey, I have this little problem with a uh, Kalish warlord. I don't want to kill him, but what should we do? And Pago the Lesser kind of had ideas, and the financial backer that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. he also had plans for this Kalish warlord. Like he, they were familiar with his reputation, and they were like, this guy could be a good candidate as the leader of our future army. So here's the plan. So, Grievous, along with his eight elite warriors, I, I could imagine he's very happy to see them again. Like, my Obviously. buddies, yay! <laughs> We're going to go back to killing bugs again. My favorite warriors. <laughs> so, he gathered his elite forces and himself into this uh, personal shuttle called the Martyr. And he gets into the pilot seat to resume the war with the Yamari. And as they're drifting over the Janua Sea, there was a secret explosive device on his ship. Oh, it got it sabotaged. Was, yeah, it was a, uh, fortunately it's not a boom boom explosive, but it's an ion explosion. All right. And it disables his entire ship. Oh, and he sees himself plunge towards the Janua Sea, the very same sea that consumed his lover not so long before. And the moment his ship met with water, it just exploded. Yeesh. Sending, fortunately... It sent his cockpit out, and he's just drifting in the sea, but... What happened to his buddies? They all died in the explosion. No! <laughs> More victims of a John was sea. Of course. And not so long after, um, there was this manned aquatic ship manned by droids, and they salvaged what remained of Grievous's body. And... Oh, so this is when he gets, he gets fucked up. Yeah, yeah. 
and the droids were an there was like a medical droid that analyzed him and they're like he's breathing but he's kind of going into a cardiac arrest because he's nothing but a torso and a couple of so arms. he got bisected oh yes ouch and there was a well he got the mall treatment yeah yeah <laughs> he's half a caliche now anyway um and there was this cloaked figure that was overs supervising the operation and he ordered the droid to turn him over and the the cloaked figure decided to use force lightning on him and it was actually a special stasis technique to stop grievous's heart until they could put him into a back to tang and god knows wherever hmm. and grievous wakes up to find himself in a back to tank and he was all like where the fuck am I? And it's like, what the fuck happened and where the fuck am I? Where the fuck am I? And he sees, once again, Sand Hill in front of him. He's like, oh, you're awake. I, it's good to see you again. Um, There was some sort of sabotage, probably the Jedi or the Republic or something like that. And it was very fortunate that we came across your body. And now Fucking you are... Liar. <laughs> it's very fortunate that we found you. But now you are in the middle of a recovery on our factory on Geonosis. And Grievous was all like, Geonosis? A true leader dies alongside with his soldiers. I demand you take me back to Kali right now. Damn. And Sand Hill is like, ah, but we can't do that. Um, do you think we went through all this effort just to have you die back on your home world? And he was like, I could give you something much more than death. You want to have revenge against the Jedi, don't you? And Grievous was all like, the sooner I could get back to killing the Yamri, the sooner I could have my revenge on the Republic and all that stuff. And Sandhill was like, there is much more than petty squabbles between neighboring star systems. We currently have a government that's in several years in the making, a confederacy of independent systems. And you will be revived as a cybernetic warrior that will lead the largest droid army in the galaxy. And you will be able to crush the Jedi. And with your new body, you will have abilities beyond anything any Jedi could comprehend. Damn. And he was all like, and then after you establish, help us establish this new world order, you could go back to your people as their greatest hero. And at first, Grievous was all like, your new world order means nothing to me. He was pissed. He was angry. He was very angry. And then Sand Hill, you know, dropping the act of being diplomatic, basically shocked him. And he was like, I have a, a, a direct quote, if I can find it. Um, it was basically all like, death in a back to tank does not befit a great warrior general such as yourself. Shame. What would your ancestors think? He's pulling that card. Yep. What a dick. And then, you know, Grievous had no other choice and he accepted. And the one thing that Grievous specifically requests is that in this in this uh, process into a cyborg body, he wanted to keep his free will. But even that was brutally taken away from him. Aww. So let me actually get to the specifics if I can find it. Um... So anyway, um, da, da, da. Jesus, I went through past most of my notes here. Anyway, <laughs> um, so basically he went through the procedure where obviously there wasn't much left of him. So they took his his entire skull along with his spinal cord, most of his lungs, 
his heart, most of his, you know, vital organs. You know, the vital bits. Yeah, the vital bits. They put the vital organs into a synth skin gut sack. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Ew. They put them into this cyborg body. And as they were doing the surgery, the Geonosians decided to, you know, poke around with his brain and everything. Yeah. They trimmed away disturbing memories. So, technically, Grievous is a, what's the word, amnesiac? Amnesiac. Amnesiac. So, he doesn't, he probably doesn't remember most of his life after this. Oh my god! And they increase his anger receptors, making him more pissed than he already is. Of course, the Geonosians would be able to do that. Yeah, they put, you know, wires, they put a supercomputer in his head, and they actually, for good measure, they put a kill switch into his head in case he ever went rogue. Oh my god. And even with all that, that would be not be enough to complete his uh, transformation into the cyborg we all know and love today. Um, in order to survive this process, he needed a blood transfusion. And Dooku knew exactly which donor to get. Oh, so the, the sponsor is Dooku. Yep. And Dooku decided to get blood from his good old friend, Psycho Diaz. Of course. So yeah. Um, it's like, hey buddy, I need your blood. He's he's dead, by the way. Um, he's just in cryo-fusing. Dooku's like, yoink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hello, my old friend. I need your blood. Thank you. And so yeah, if you think about it, Psycho Diaz is coursing through Grievous' veins right now. Poor Psycho. Yeah. And... Initially, I mean, aside from, you know, making sure Grievous survived the procedure, it was secretly hoped that the Metachlorian Ridge blood of Sifo Diaz would give Grievous force, force sensitivity. Obviously, it didn't pan out quite that way. But regardless, Sand Hill and the Geonosian scientists consider the procedure a phenomenal success. And, by the way, um, Sand Hill basically presented Grievous to Count Dooku as a twisted gift of sorts. And the first time Dooku set his eyes on Grievous, he was horrified. And Dooku then, um, could feel horror. Yep. Wow. The first time he looked at the uh, the Kalish mask of Grievous and his cybernetic body and everything, he was like, holy shit. And then immediately afterwards, he's like, damn, that is awesome. Side note, yeah. that's going to be fun to edit out because I've seen the peaks. Fair enough. <laughs> the bike is picking that up. Uh, I, I should stop doing that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so then uh, I'm not sure if this was before or after the start of the Clone Wars, but Dooku decided to train Grievous in a way of white lightsaber combat. Of course. And for several months, hidden away on the on the planet of Geonosis, um, Grievous was just chilling in his flagship, surrounded by his Magna Guards, and Dooku decided, you did a pretty damn good job at training. I'm going to give you a gift. This one's belonged to my friend, and he handed his uh, lightsaber Sifo Diaz to Grievous. So his first lightsaber is Sifo's? Yep. Oh my god! And Grievous, kind of like, keeping to himself, he looks at it, he grabs the lightsaber very reluctantly, and Dooku was all like, no one has ever received a lightsaber as a gift, especially not a droid. And then he walks off. Oh my, I, I would have been angry. I would have killed him right there. Oh yeah. Grievous was seething. He was literally shaking in his chair in pure rage. And obviously this was um, perpetrated by Dooku to test his rage and everything. And he was contacting Sidious 
And he was all like, our little experiment has gone according to your plans, Master. And Sidious was all like, yes, I can feel his rage. Which is pretty oh, goddamn which impressive. the fucking galaxy. He's non-force sensitive, but he felt his rage. That's yeah. how goddamn powerful Grievous That's impressive. Is. And in the next room, Grievous was seething in his chair. And out of nowhere, he jumps out of his chair, ignites the newly gifted lightsaber, and he cuts down all of his droid bodyguards. I think I remember seeing that in a comic. Yeah, and he yells at the top of his lungs, I am not a droid. I remember seeing that. Yeah. That is, like, bone chilling. Oh, yeah. He knows, like, I am not a droid. I am still a organic being. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good results, by the way. The technology that was used on General Grievous would be further improved and used in the construction of Darth Vader several years later. Of course. Yep. Um, let me give you a nice little quote that, that, uh, you know, explains Grievous in a nutshell by the, uh, Revenge of a Sith novelization. Mm -hmm. Really good fucking book. Um, <laughs> Grievous is not like the other leaders of the Separatists. Newt Gunray is treacherous and venal, but he's Nemodian. Venility and treachery are expected. And in the Chancellor of a Trade Federation, there are even virtues. Pago the Lesser is Archduke of a Weapon... Masters of Geonosis, where the war began. He is analytical, pitiless, but also pragmatic, reasonable. The political heart of a separatist confederacy, Count Dooku, is known for his integrity. His principles stand against what he sees as corruption in the Senate. Though they believe he's wrong, many respect him for the courage of his mistaken convictions. These are hard beings, dangerous beings, ruthless and aggressive. General Grievous, though, Grievous is a monster. The Separatist Supreme Commander is an abomination of nature, a fusion of flesh and droid, and his droid parts have more compassion than what remains of his alien flesh. This half-living creature is a slaughterer of billions. Whole planets have burned at his command. He is the evil genius of a confederacy, the architect of their victories, the author of their atrocities. Jesus. Yeah, that that is a there's a lot of really good quotes about that of Grievous in my novelizations. Do we get filled in on what happened to his wives and kids? Not really. Assumingly they're outliving their own lives and they're just unaware that Grievous is still alive out there. They probably just think he died in the sea. Yeah, most likely. It's That's, a backwater planet, so you know. That sucks. I mean still there's a good possibility that there could be stories out there following his his children, something like that. Probably. Which would be pretty cool in all honesty. But anyway, um, so for months, Grievous would slay hidden on Geonosis, and the day finally came. So, assumingly Grievous was hiding out in the catacombs and was just viewing the Petrinaki Arena, where Padme, Anakin, and Obi-Wan were, you know, fighting for their lives in the arena. Yep. And he watched everything. The Jedi arriving, the clone army arriving, and he saw the start of the Clone Wars hidden in the catacombs. And basically, so he was, he was there. We he just was didn't there. know it. He was there in the Attack of the Clones, yes. That's cool. Yeah. And after the war began, uh, Dooku basically gave Grievous a very simple task. And that was to protect the Separatist Council as, you know, they were getting the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. And he... 
He was in the catacombs, armed with nothing but his bare hands and an electro staff. Um, and he was ordered to leave no survivors. Of course. Several clones managed to make their way into the catacombs along with a singular Jedi Master, and he killed all of them. Damn. And he managed to take his first lightsaber from her. Of course he did. And he, after he escorted the Separatist leaders, he also managed to get off-world, and Dooku was like, God damn, Grievous, you are... Very good at your job. He impressed I, him. Yeah, he was. And I think that's when he trained Grievous in a way of lightsaber combat. I don't know. But they weren't. Timeline it's up, it's in Star up for Wars. Debate. Yeah. Timeline in Star Wars is fucking impossible sometimes. Yeah, I know, right? Anyway. Um, where was I? Um, for the first couple of months, Grievous didn't exactly take an active role in the Clone Wars. He was just kind of there in the background. And he actually didn't take his title of Supreme Commander until much later in the war. Um, for the first couple months, the the individual that led the Separatists was this Chiss named Severus Tan. Okay. And special note, she's a uh, dark side acolyte and was one of Dooku's apprentices. But <laughs> why why was she not mentioned in canon? What the fuck? <laughs> but unfortunately, even though she was a very good military strategist, she basically got killed within the first month of Clone Wars. Of course. Yeah. And Dooku was all like, okay, um, Grievous, you're up. And Grievous took an active role in the war. He wasn't exactly revealing himself to the galaxy just yet, but he managed to make his first debut on the planet of Hypori. Hypori doesn't mean much to you, but it's basically a special uh, techno-union factory world. Mm -hmm. And for Republic, we're like, shit, there's a bunch of droid armies that are being produced there. We need to go stop them. And there was a task force. That was, uh, I believe it was made up of Chaoti Mundi, Shakti, Ayla Sakura, and several other Jedi. Was this what happened in the... The micro-series, yeah. Yeah, the micro-series. So, they arrived Apprentice on... Apprentice Shoggy. <laughs> Padawan Shoggy. <laughs> Uh-oh, Scoob. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, be careful. Oh, Raggy got crushed. <laughs> yes, that was. is a really good episode in that in that series, though. Yeah, that was a fucking excellent episode. I I can't pronounce his name for the life of me, but everything he makes is gold. Yeah, including the Primo series. I'm not sure if you watch that, but semantics. Um, so Grievous revealed himself for the first time. Um, so his forces there kind of knew that the Republic were going to arrive. At the moment they came out of hyperspace, several hidden mines blew them out of the sky and they crashed onto the world behind enemy lines. And they were basically surrounded at all sides by the droid army. Damn, that sucks. And the remaining Jedi, Chaoti Mundi, Ayla Sakura, Shock T... Uh, three other Jedi, I can't remember. Well, Shaggy gets killed. Yeah, um, he gets fucking <laughs> stomped on. He got literally crushed to death. Um, so they were surrounded in the sh- in one of the crashed ships. And initially they were open firing on the ship, but Grievous ordered them to stand down. And He, he goes made, all Assassin's Creed on them. Yeah, he, he made this decoration. You are surrounded. Your army's decimated. Make peace with the Force now, for this is your final hour. For I, General Grievous, am not without mercy. I will grant you a warrior's death. Prepare. 
I recommend to all viewers, please watch that episode. Yeah. It is fucking awesome. And, of course, we know what goes on from there. Grievous essentially cursed on Velvet Jedi there. But they all survived, except Shaggy. Let's see, um... Shaggy dies. There was a uh, never conehead Jedi that dies. He literally gets snapped by Grievous's leg. Ouch. Um, there was another Jedi that the important the important one survived. The important one survived, but they were gr- no pun intended grievous grievously injured. Ha. And uh, Chaotic Moody barely survived, and a couple of clone troopers managed to rescue them, and. Uh, that was the first debut of General Grievous to the galaxy. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And the mere fact that, that a uh, individual such as Grievous was kept secret for a long time really shit scared the Jedi shitless. And they were all like, we're losing so many masters and knights. We need more knights. And that was when they decided to break a uh, generation-long tradition. And instead of, you know, the Padawans undergoing the trials to become knights, they Everything decided, just rushed. Yep. They were like, okay, promote you tonight. Promote you tonight. Oh, you're a six-year-old? Promote you tonight. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons why Anakin became a Jedi Knight. Oh, okay. So his his Padawan ship was rushed. Yep. Heavily. Because, you know, the, the might of General Grievous. And with that... You know, when you're desperate, you gotta do what you gotta yeah, do. exactly. Even if it is sacrificing kids into child soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. Um, and uh, Grievous would be given the moniker of the Butcher of Hypori. Very fitting of him. Very. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, over the years, several news outlets, after, you know, hearing more about Grievous's uh, slaughtering of numerous Jedi Knights, the, the news outlet, which is the Holonet and all that, yep. um, gave Grievous a new moniker, the Night Slayer. That's badass. And throughout the entirety of the Clone Wars, it said that he has personally killed a hundred Jedi. That's just estimating. That is, but it's the entirety of a war, but still pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah, especially because, you know, Jedi. <laughs> and he was such a brutal force, an unstoppable general. Um, basically, the entirety of a Galactic Senate placed a bounty on his head. No shit. Yeah, it's all like, holy shit. It's, could you imagine if somebody in the modern day, back in World War II, decided to place a bounty on Hitler's head or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 huge. It's really huge. That's, like, big. Yeah. Um. Let's see. And I do want to point out the pure genius of General Grievous. Just making sure I got plenty of time. Cool. Anyway, um, so before the start of the Clone Wars, um... The Confederacy were kind of disorganized, because do keep in mind, the Confederacy were made up of numerous corporations with their own private military force. But each one of those military organizations have their own ranking structures and tactics and all that. Mm -hmm. And as... You, if you need a good army, you got to have good centralization. Yep. Otherwise, all those armies are just doing their own thing without communicating with each other. And Grievous decided to look at all that, and he's like, fuck all of your ranking structures. 
fuck all your tactics. We're going to reorganize each one of these private armies into a cohesive military force. It's almost like what we said Thrawn did in Legends. Yeah. Like restructuring everything. Fuck it. Start from scratch. Yeah, exactly. Grievous is by no stretch of imagination Thrawn, but he's a very good military strategist. Yeah. Like, uh, throughout his... Even though a lot of people like to call him a sniveling coward who loses a lot, he actually lost very rarely in the entirety of the Clone Wars. How many times did he lose? At least five to four times. And but those were just major. To, compared to what he did as a whole, five losses, that's nothing. Yeah, exactly. And I'll, we're just... Uh, <laughs> A lot of people are underappreciating the pure <laughs> um, genius of General Grievous. He is a very good general. Um, like one of his favorite tactics, he even though he has the, he's no longer an honorable warrior. He's a lot of people say he's a coward. It's more of he thinks like a machine from now on. Yeah, he's very strategic, and one of his favorite tactics is. He's always looking for weaknesses, whether it's in personal combat or the battlefield as a whole. I mean, that's smart. Yeah. And one of his favorite tactics, like, like if there's a weak Republic line on the side where they're evacuating civilians off of the planet, he would focus all of his firepower on them. And it would be like, the Jedi better, he will either focus on me or try to save innocent lives. It's their choice. Didn't... There's a good example of that on the attack on Dathomir. Yeah. Because the witches do use old Daka to revive the the zombies yep. to add to their forces. Mm-hmm. He sees the smoke coming. It's like, I have to go towards that. Yeah, exactly. And thus he kills Daka, cutting down the Dathomirian witches by half. Yep. And the, the Dathomirians are fucked. Yep. He is a fucking great military strategist. Obviously not on the same level as Fron, but he's pretty high up there. He is high ranking up there. That yeah. is bad ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. That's if I... good thinking. It is. It is. Um, and with his reorganization of the military, all of the admirals, all of the commanders, generals report directly to him. That's cool. Yeah. So now he's supreme commander. Well, uh, I'm about Almost. to get into that, actually. Almost. So after his numerous victories against the Republic, Dooku decided, okay, I have you, but I also have my uh, two other commanders, uh, Asajj Ventress and Dirge. I'm going to test you against all two of them. And if you come out on top, you'll be able to be the Supreme Commander. I'm guessing that he did. Oh, yeah. Um, so... The thing is, Ventris and Dirge... I haven't talked about Dirge yet. I don't but... know who Dirge is. Who is he? So, um, <laughs> let me actually... So, basically, uh, think of him as the Star Wars version of Deadpool and Deathstroke. Okay. He's a cold, merciless uh, bounty hunter, but he can regenerate from basically anything. Okay. You would need to throw the motherfucker into the sun to even kill him. Okay. So yeah. That's interesting. He is. He's he's called by the entirety of the Star Wars fan base as the most powerful bounty hunter in the galaxy. Okay, we gotta cover this fucker on an oh, episode. Oh yes, he, he's kind of OP as hell, but that's kind of a fun aspect of him. But uh, he's kind of an interesting character. Let me like actually, so yeah, let me pull up a uh, picture of him real quickly. He, By the way, this fucker is like seven feet tall. 
Really? Holy shit. He just looks like a droid. <laughs> Let me see if I could get you a better picture of him. Um, yeah, here we go. He's that chunk. Is- <laughs> he is, that is chunk. terrifying. <laughs> he is chunk. <laughs> He's chunky. He's a chunky boy. He is a chunky boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> so both Dirge and Ventress didn't know that this was a test. They assumed they were basically sent to Dooku's private space station, which has a bunch of artifacts and bullshit. Yep. And they were basically ordered by Dooku. There's somebody on my station. Go take him out. And Grievous obviously came out on top. That's impressive against both of them. Yeah. Um. So basically, he impaled a dirge twice with his lightsabers and decapitated him. Obviously, not killing he him. Didn't but kill he didn't kill him. He he incapacitated him. Let's just say. What about Ventress? Ventress put up a better fight. She, you know, being an actual force user, she was all like, "What the hell are you?" Because this is literally their first encounter. Yeah. And then Grievous. Um. She force pushed him into a nearby tank or whatever. And Grievous just stands right up, grabs her by the neck, and he says, I am the future. And she and he chokes her into unconsciousness. Damn. And just, submit, bitch! <laughs> yeah, he's goddamn Chad. Yeah. Um, so he takes both of the bodies back to Dooku, and he's all like, hey, Dooku, I passed your test. Do you want me to send these motherfuckers into the vacuum of space? And Dooku's like, no, 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 I need them. And he was like, good job, Grievous. You are now the supreme commander of a droid army. That's badass, especially yeah. against fucking Deathstroke, Star Wars Deathstroke, <laughs> and Ventress, yeah. who is a really damn good fighter. Yeah, both of them are really good Jedi killers, and Grievous curbs on both of them. That's That's got to be a blow to the ego. Oh, that's yeah. a big blow to your ego. Oh yeah, obviously. And with that... Grievous was kind of insulted because, you know, he's basically the leader of everything that he hated. But uh, he he's obviously not going to say no to the promotion because he... Most likely he doesn't care. It's like, this is more important. Yeah. Um, even though they basically brainwashed him, you know, making him more angry than he already is, mm-hmm. there are still small remnants of his noble Kalish past. Like, uh, he would always defy Dooku like Dooku would expect him to be, you know, a mindless droid or something like that. But Grievous was like, fuck you. And he decided to wear uh, cloaks. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot he wore a cape. Yeah, he wore a cape, which is very representative of his days as a Kalish warlord. So he has the balls to defy Dooku. Oh, yeah. When... You, anyone else tries it, he, he'll fucking shock him with force lightning. Like, how dare you? <laughs> exactly. Um, that is ballsy! Yeah. Let me see. So, through his no- numerous accomplishments, he, for a little bit, he uh, was the, the commander of a prototype super weapon called the Malevolence. We talked about it a little bit in our super weapons episode. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a gigantic fuck-off cruiser that has ion cannons and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually pretty high for someone of his stature. Um, let's see. And then, of course, he does have a couple of hiccups here and there. Let me actually go through. Um, oh, here we go. One of his many successful military campaigns was... In the form of a campaign called Operation Dirge's Lance. Basically, it's an, a campaign where they go, 
where they basically cut through an important Republic supply line, which goes to many of their important uh, membership worlds. Like, he went to Duros, the homeworld of a Duros race. Yep. And he basically conquered that nearly effortlessly. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then he went to another planet called Hambrini. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, basically, Hambrini is a uh, important uh, founder of a republic. It's very similar to Coruscant, where it has cities all over its world. Yeah. And Grievous was all like, this is what happens to anybody that follows the republic. And he reduced the entire world to nothing but but ash. Oh, damn. So, yeah, he's like, this is going to happen to Coruscant in the future. Like, that's a good sign against your enemies. Like, fuck around and find out, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, Grievous decided to break the Geneva Convention again. Again. Um, and he unleashed this virus called the Brain Rot Plague. Oof. Which basically spread throughout the entire sector of Adios Concrete, and it killed many clone armies and basically killed a lot of humans. Jeez. So, yeah. This I'm surprised is- we didn't talk about that in the... In our last Halloween episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty gnarly. Um, so yeah, Grievous not being a stranger to war crimes, you know. Um, there's actually this one really great comic book where Grievous uh, basically captures an entire group of younglings. And he decided, hey. Of course I'm... he would stoop to kidnap children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he would. And... He decided, I'm going to transform these Padawans into basically mini versions of me. (laughs) And after he, um, you know, captured the younglings, he decided to go and conquer Gentis, which is the homeworld of the Ugnaught race. You know, the little pig people. Oh, right. Yeah. He managed to conquer it effortlessly. Of of course. course. (laughs) And basically he enslaved the entire population because the Ugnaught are very good engineers and all. Yep. He sent them off to numerous droid factories across the galaxy and all that fun stuff. And he wanted to make an example for the Padawans if they defy him or anything like that. So he gathered them up and he was all like, your life is going to change from this point onwards. And one of the Padawans was being defiant, force pose one of his collected lightsabers out. You know, Activates just, it. Yeah. Hacks apart a couple of nearby droids and Grievous are like pathetic. And he... Reaches out with his hands, grabs a Padawan by the hand, and literally lifts him up like a child. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and he's all like, "Really? this is the power of my word. And he's all like, you see that little building over there in in the center of the, of the city? And she's all like, yeah, this is the power of my word. And he orders his fleet to do a precise bombardment. And that entire building, by the way, holds the population of the Ugnaught population in there. And he ordered a bombardment on that building, destroying it. Oh my god. And he's like, this is the power of my word. That is terrifying. Yep. Especially to a youngling who barely knows anything about the Force. Yep. It's like, oh shit. (laughs) But obviously they didn't get transformed into many Grievances. Um, they actually got rescued by a couple of Jedi and surviving Ugnaught. And Grievous, um, as he was about to recapture them, the, the same youngling was all like, I challenge you to a duel. Give us a chance. And Grievous was all like, okay, oh, you fine. poor child. And he was like, okay, I, 
hopefully this lightsaber will serve you better than his previous owner. And they had a little scuffle, but Grievous effortlessly disarms him. And he's all like, I'll have my lightsaber back now. <laughs> he didn't even kill him? Nope. Wow. I mean, they were obviously about to execute the Padawans because they defied him way too many times. But it was just that nice little... It's basically his noble side resurfacing, giving the Padawan a chance to fight back. Especially because I don't think... Okay, would Grievous stoop that low and kill kids? Cad Bane would. Well, yeah. <laughs> Cad Bane kidnapped kids. I wouldn't doubt it if Grievous stooped that low to kill kids, but uh, at least he gave them a chance first. He gave them a chance. That's noble. Yeah, surprisingly. That's that still the noble part of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the Padawans got rescued by some Jedi Knights that were there at the time. Um, and he managed to cut down those Jedi, the remaining uh, survivor Jedi. Um, created basically a chain reaction in the facility they were at, which was so powerful, it shaped the core of the planet itself, and Grievous survived. Oof. Yeah. Of course he did. <laughs> Plot armor. <laughs> But uh, that's a really good story. It really <laughs> makes Grievous fucking terrifying. Leading up to Utapau, how far are we now? Two years away, I think. Okay. So anyway, um, I'm just going through several of his accomplishments here and there. Um, let me see if I could... Uh, da, 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 da. There was a uh, brief time where basically both the Republic and the Confederacy were all like... This war is dragging out way too long. We need to uh, settle for peace so that we could get back to doing whatever. And many representatives... Wait, the Confederacy even agreed? Yeah. Wow. Um, because, you know, Dooku was trying to be the uh, benevolent leader, but obviously he doesn't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. So he goes to Grievous and he's like, All right, Grievous, I want you to... Send sabotage droids to the capital of Coruscant itself and basically scare the Senate back into resuming the war with the Confederacy. And for the first time in 5,000 years, the entirety of the Senate district was basically in chaos. Wow. Yep. Because I thought, didn't Cad Bane try to do that too? Well, um, he took the Senate hostage, but Grievous basically shut off all power to the Senate district. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it was in absolute chaos because they're like, this is a terrorist attack. Why why should we make peace with people that were so underhanded in this? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Damn. <laughs> That's smart. It is very smart. Um. Um... Even though Grievous is a very ruthless warrior, he could be surprisingly diplomatic at times. So you remember the Tagorians, who are the cat people? Yeah. Um, you're playing a Tagorian in a one-shot campaign. Yes. Um, the tiger people. <laughs> yeah, the tiger people. There are like a million cat people in Star Wars. <laughs> Not the anime girl Nikos, but whatever. Um, so he decided to go to Tagora because they were allied with the Republic at the time. And it wasn't exactly known how he convinced them, but he appealed to their martial warrior culture. And the, the Tagorians were like, God damn, you are awesome. Yes, we're going to join the Confederacy. That's cool. And the, the Republic reinforcements arrived, and they were like, hey guys, we're uh, going to help you out in repelling Grievous. And, and 
Were we ready to kick ass? Uh, like, yeah, no. about that. We're going to kill you now. What? Ah! <laughs> so yeah, he could be surprisingly diplomatic at times. That's surprising. Yeah. Then, of course, we got to announce the elephants in the room. Um, well, okay. He also genocided the Night Scissors, but, you know, it's its own thing. Um, Watch that episode. It's good. <laughs> it is really good. Um there were a couple of times that he failed. Like, he attempted to invade, uh, what was it, the, Bof- the Boffin homeworld, which is called Boffoey. Mm-hmm. Um, he got uh, outsmarted by Anakin Skywalker. Of course who- he did. <laughs> There's this Clone Wars episode where Grievous decided to go through an asteroid belt, and the, you know, the, and the idea is to have the asteroids be shields and cover you. Yeah. But... Little do you realize that Anakin placed several artillery pieces on the asteroids and basically blowed his ships to oblivion. And he got a fucking out of dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh shit, turn. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Um, and of course, his numerous defeats at the hands of Kenobi. Hello there. <laughs> Always a pain in the side for Grievous throughout the Clone Wars. Very true. Yeah. Um, and then there was that other time where... Uh, Near the be- well, okay, but near the beginning. In the beginning of the Clone Wars, kept the the Wookiees were basically neutral in this war, and you know they they favored the Republic more, but you know they didn't want to get fucked. Yeah, and they basically allowed both sides to use their important hyperspace routes and all that. And Grievous was kind of in the middle of negotiations with the Wookiees, and Grievous, probably out of impatience, basically wanted the negotiations to speed along and he had the trade federation send down some probe droids to uh convince them to align with them but uh one of those probe droids killed a uh a the son of the king of the wookies that's not good yeah and that's one of the wookies sided with the republic because of that smart yeah not for grievous not but for yeah. grievous but good on the wookies part <laughs> Yeah, but Wookiee was all like, you want my decision? War against the invaders. <laughs> Just fuck this for sending the Republic. Hey, yeah. Yoda! <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. So, even though Grievous was basically the face of a Confederacy military, um, he didn't have the greatest of relationships with most of his leaderships. Probably not. Yeah. Um, he saw them to, to, uh... Okay. The Separatist Council are basically made up of those military tycoons, those corporate tycoons, like yep. Gunray and all that. He saw a majority of them as basically greedy cowards. Especially Gunray. Oh, yeah. He hates him with a passion. Who doesn't like... Who Who likes new Gunray? <laughs> no one likes yeah. Gunray. Oh, yeah. Um, In fact, in their first ever interaction, Gunray basically... Uh, Basically, talk to him like he was a mindless drone, even though it, it, it was quite obvious he's not. Though, compared to him, Gun- Grievous is so much taller than Gunray, you could have punted <laughs> him across the ship. Just fuck you. <laughs> I remember his insert of the uh, novelization of Revenge of a Sith. Grievous mused if he, he wanted to punt Gunray so hard that he would enter into orbit. That's how <laughs> angry he was with him at the time. He showed him! <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, Grievous saw the Nemodian as the opposite of everything he represents. He's cowardly, he's snuffling, he's greedy, as opposed to Grievous, who's a warrior, first and foremost. Yep. And 
Were it up to him, he would gladly clasp both of his hands around Gunray's neck and snap his neck until there's nothing but silence. I know a lot of people who would do that. Oh, yeah. No one likes Gunray. But he didn't because Dooku basically needed him. He's like, okay, fine. If Dooku says so, then I won't place a finger on you, but do not test me. There was was actually one uh, incident where Grievous was angry at Gunray more than than normally. Of course, no one, like I said, no one likes Gunray. So, my my D&D character hates Gunray <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> but yeah, um, I believe this was like relatively near the end of the Clone Wars. Basically, Gunray, his homeworld of Catanomodia was being invaded by the Republic. He was like, holy shit, I need to go back to my storehouse and get all my important treasures and shit. Despite in the middle of an invasion, he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> he manages to barely escape as a couple of clone pilots were on his ass and Grievous was just like watching. He's all like, <laughs> he's all like, and Gunray was like, Grievous, help me, help me. And he's like, I mean, I could. I do have more important things to do. Grievous! Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's like that skit from Robot Chicken where Darth Vader is spinning in the middle of space and a nearby <laughs> trooper was like, huh, I know I should help him, but I can't look away. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> but yeah, um... That's its whole other thing. It's in the Labyrinth of Evil. I really need to get around to reading that book. But Grievous did not like Gunray the entire book. <laughs> it's quite amusing. Um, <laughs> let's see. There's also a notable event where Grievous and Dooku were basically tasked with finding Darth Maul. And That's a feat in and of itself. Oh, yeah. That's, he's a slippery bastard. Oh, yeah. But they found... Uh, I forget the planet that he's on, but... They basically tracked down Maul and the remnants of Death Watch to this hideout planet they were on. Mm-hmm. And Grievous deployed his entire droid army against the might of a Death Watch army. And he actually personally crossed blades with uh, Maul himself, armed with his Darksaber. Damn. And he actually managed to beat him and cause him to retreat. The Maul beat Grievous? No, no, no. Grievous beat Maul. Ah. Maul's a bit of a coward. <laughs> but anyway, um, so along down the lines, uh, they found that Maul's allies, the Black Sun, the Pike Syndicate, are all at this planet called Ord Mantell. And Grievous and Dooku personally led the assault on that planet. And through... It's a whole entire thing, but basically Darth Maul uh, outsmarted both of them. And he made Grievous shut down his entire droid army and captured both Grievous and Dooku. Wow. And then after that, um, Grievous managed to escape because, you know, he's a fucking Chad. <laughs> and he basically go. So Dooku is basically uh, <laughs> faking an alliance with Maul. Mm-hmm. And uh, he frees Grievous along the way without Maul's knowledge. Um, so they take Dooku to Dothamir. And Mother Talzin basically possesses Dooku to, you know, rebuild her power and everything. She's still alive. She survived the the genocide of Dathomir. Not for much longer. Not for much longer, <laughs> but she did survive. Anyway, um, so Grievous actually approaches Palpatine. And in, in Darth Maul's old uh, fighter, the Scimitar, which is that uh, TIE fighter looking thing in yep. uh, Phantom Menace, 
Um, they go to Dothamir. That's a ship you can obtain in uh, the the game, on the yeah. mobile game. Yep, yep. Um, so they go to Dothamir, and Palpatine, with Grievous by his side, go to Darth Maul and a Mother Talzin possess Dooku, and they have his epic fight to the death. Wow, that's impressive because Palpatine is a lazy fuck. Oh yeah, he decided, okay, I, I might as well do this personally. If, if you want a job done right, you better do it yourself. Yeah. So, long story short, um, both Maul and Talzin were losing. And Grievous, um, so Talzin was basically repelling both Count Dugu and Palpatine's Force Lightning. But mm-hmm. she couldn't last for much longer because Grievous was slowly approaching them. Yeah. And Talzin was like, go Maul, you, I don't want you to die, go. and Last ditch ever to protect her kid. Yeah. And Maul managed to get out of there. But Grievous approached Mother Talzin, this weakened mother of Dothamir, and he simply said, it's time. And he ignites both of his lightsabers and kills Mother Talzin. Eh, good way for her to go. Yeah, by the hands of Grievous, yeah. It was, uh, she died fighting. Yep, yep, she did. And then after that, um, Palpatine basically said, okay... We already crippled Maul. We killed the second most powerful force user in the galaxy. Let's get back to business. And that they did. What happens next? So. Let me um, ask for 66. <laughs> actually, we still have enough time. Cool. Okay. There's actually this really great canon comic, which actually makes me like canon Grievous anymore. Much, much more. Much more. Um, I cannot... Do my words, but uh, <laughs> so basically. And here I thought I thought words were gonna be hard. Hey, shut up! It's my favorite character, so I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> anyway, um, so Grievous goes to this unnamed planet, and assumingly he tracks down a master and apprentice to this world. He murders the master, and not long after he murders the apprentice. Of course. And he picks up this data pad that the uh, the apprentice was holding, and. Basically, this data pad holds the map of a nearby Jedi temple. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, yes. shit. So he goes to the temple and he sees numerous statues of Jedi, assumingly from their past accomplishments and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And Grievous was disgusted. And he's like, these, these statues were erected and quote unquote glory when they actually did nothing. And he slashed all of them down with his lightsabers. Damn. And as he entered the temple, he found that the entirety of the temple was booby-trapped. And, <laughs> you know, with his cybernetics, he was able to pass all that Indiana Jones style. I was going to say Indiana Jones style. And after he goes through all these traps, he comes to a waterfall. And, you know, it's like, what the fuck is this? And he kind of go through the waterfall with his hands. Mm-hmm. He feels nothing. Then he tries to feel more. Feels nothing. Then he decided to tackle through the waterfall and he finds Leroy Jenkins Leroy Jenkins and then he finds himself in the void of space he's just floating in this ethereal realm that's freaky and there's this voice that basically asks have you come here for knowledge and Grievous was like I have I require no knowledge from the Jedi Order for I possess the greatest power there is the ability to kill the Jedi Order and the voice basically I'm basically um, I'm uh, simplifying this because I don't remember the exact quote, but basically the voice was all like, 
you have given up your precious, your divine form. And he transforms his cybernetic grievous back into his old flesh and blood of Kwame and Jal Shalal. Yeah. And basically the voice is all like, you have given up your most divine gift by the force. And he starts ripping Grievous limb from limb until he was nothing but his eyes, his head, and his organs just floating in this void. The bare minimum of Grievous. Yeah, and the voice basically said, You may have gained power, but you have lost your connection to the Force. You are small. Damn! And Grievous just gets ejected out of his waterfall. And Grievous was... Learning nothing from the lesson, he was all like, fuck you, and he slashes his lightsabers wildly at the waterfall. Obviously, to no effect. It does nothing. And Grievous is like, fuck this shit. He exits out of the temple, goes to a nearby cliff, and he basically orders his flagship in orbit to orbitally bombard that Jedi temple. Damn. And it just reduced to nothing but smoke and ash. And Grievous basically said... For all your talk of power, you burn just as easily. And he walks away. Damn. But little did he realize there's still a presence at that temple. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a really great can- canon short story. And it makes me love Grievous even more. Yeah. He's I, I like the aspect of the, the, the temple. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's like this disembodied power that's mm-hmm. sitting there it's like what is it i want to know more yep <laughs> so yeah canon grievous can be awesome sometimes sometimes um, there is a so he has a couple of encounters with uh dipapalaba in the new canon mm-hmm. on uh the battle of Maigido and everything um obviously he doesn't kill dipapalaba but you know he yes we all know on. how depa dies yeah yeah um so he has his couple of encounters. Near the end of the Clone Wars, he was actually tasked with invading Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taking his important hyperspace routes and everything like that. Um, actually, let me go back. Um, so, Grievous, he doesn't have a great relationship with a majority of the Separatist Council, obviously. Yep. Um, a majority of a Separatist uh, civilian population don't even know who he is. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And... They probably don't even know what he looks like. In fact, there's this uh, one event where... So Dooku was attending this gala at uh, the Separatist homeworld of Raxus Secundus. Of course, the bougie bitch he is. (laughs) And he was actually awarded a humanitarian award. And by his side, Grievous was just chilling. You know, just following him around like a loyal lab dog and everything like that. And... As Dooku is walking around, shaking hands with other officials and having conversations, Grievous was just following him around. And a majority of the guests there were disturbed. Like, who the fuck is this? Like, is, who is that? Is, is it another one of Dooku's bodyguards? What the hell? So yeah, he you was know, kind of an unknown. It's like a creepy seven foot tall robot oh, dude. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and obviously... um. Do keep in mind, Palpatine controlled both sides of the war. And he would... Of course he he, did. It's Palpatine. (laughs) He plays Grievous as the face of a confederacy for a good reason. And had them commit all these atrocities. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like, even though they did sue for peace, it's all like, 
hey, Palpatine, uh, this Clone Wars is killing a lot of people, a lot of worlds are being burned, why don't we reign in the war and let the Confederacy do their thing? And Palpatine will be like, really? You want to make peace with that? <laughs> Fair enough. That's funny. <laughs> it's like, you want to make peace with that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so obviously Grievous was a very good motivator for continuing the war. Um, so now we go to the nice little endgame stuff. So Grievous was ta- was originally tasked with invading Kashyyyk, but Palpatine basically uh, assigned Grievous a new task. And that was a uh, battle strategy that Grievous basically planned for the entire war. And that was the invasion of Coruscant. Okay. And uh, it'll be its whole entire thing. But basically, with the help of secret hyperspace routes given to him by Sidious, basically the largest... (laughs) Of course Sidious would know that. With multiple Confederacy fleets, Grievous appeared over the the Galactic Capital course on itself. And it was a bloody massacre. Like, uh, he sent numerous vulture droids to ravage the world, and he even ordered them to do suicide runs on all the civilian buildings and everything, just to cause general chaos. Oh, Lord. And that was... Kamikaze bas- pilots. Yeah. Kamikaze and- <laughs> vulture droids. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're droids, so they're not going to complain. Yep. Um, Still, kamikaze. And this was basically a distraction for Grievous to kidnap the Chancellor himself. And, Quote, unquote. Yeah. Um... And, you know, Palpatine was guarded by several Jedi led by Shakti herself. Um, and she was still badass within that that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, this bitch ain't getting Palpatine no matter what. <laughs> yeah, and like, they basically went on this wild goose chase across the entire surface of Coruscant. Like, they went on mag trains, they jumped from spaceship to spaceship, getting away from Grievous. All while carrying Palpatine like yeah. a princess. Yeah, yeah. And there's actually this badass moment in the Labyrinth of Evil where Grievous actually fights Mace Windu himself on top of a train. Wow. And, you know, um, pretty goddamn impressive. And I didn't explain this earlier, but Grievous basically has supercomputers in his brain, you which did, allow him you to... did explain it earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I did explain it a little bit earlier. But that's why he's such a goddamn good killing machine. is because he could imitate the fighting styles of any opponent. Because why the fuck not? Yeah. And through his... Uh, Just confront- like Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, and through his confrontation with Mace Windu, he basically copied his signature Vapod style. So just out of fucking nowhere, he knows Vapod. Yep. And Mace Windu's like... Shit, and it force pushed him off of a train because he didn't want to engage with that. And <laughs> just fuck that. <laughs> Hell no. But just the fact that Grievous was able to go toe to toe fucking Mace Windu himself is pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. Um, and I'm, Mace Windu himself went toe to toe with Palpatine. Yeah. Of all people. Where he blinked in and out of existence. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, so long story short, Grievous basically cut down a shit ton of Jedi and managed to reach Palpatine. There's this one little moment where there was this Twi'lek Jedi Master that was be- the only remaining Jedi between Grievous and Palpatine. And Grievous was basically faster than the eye can track and he could easily kill this Twi'lek Jedi Master. But he basically, um, I'm not sure if it's part of his honor or if he wanted to give the Jedi a little sense of hope. But he allowed the Jedi Master to 
do a couple of uh, hits on his shoulder blade and all that. Mm-hmm. And he, then after that, he effortlessly killed the Jedi Master, but he took special care not to ravage her corpse. Eh, he's, a no- he's still a warrior at heart. Yep. Noble one, but still. Well, no longer noble, but he has that. Somewhat. A slight sense of honor sometimes. It's still there, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I like to think he has those moments of clarity where he's like, shit, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, it's like that that more, I don't want to say human, but more like merciful? Yeah. I, that's the best word I can use. Yeah. It's like that more merciful part of him is like, what am I doing? Yeah. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. And then obviously he captures Palpatine, takes him back to his flagship. And actually in the brief moment, Mace Windu manages to catch up with him and just filled with his rage. He reached out through the force and used it to crush Grievous's midsection, which is why he was coughing in the movie. Oh, so he got his guts crushed. Yes. He's like, <coughs> so that's why he's coughing. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, I'm... That's a neat explanation for Legends, but even then in a TV show where before he got canonically crushed by Mace Windu, he still coughs, but whatever. Um, I mean, even in, I saw on the, uh, on the, the 2D episode, um, I mean, shocked he pulls a little trick on him by tying his cape to a oh, mag yeah, train yeah, and, phew, yeah. he just goes <laughs> off. She's just all smug about it. Yeah. Oh, man. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, so anyway, capture Palpatine. Got a little coughing fit in the process. Um, he goes back to his uh, flagship, which is called the Invisible Hand. A pretty cool name for a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, however, before Anakin and Obi-Wan arrived, there were a couple of Jedi Knights that basically did a uh, Blitzkrieg onto Grievous's ship, trying to rescue Palpatine. But obviously, Grievous just Obviously, they them. failed. And he was all like, I'm going to send your bodies out in the void of space for your comrades to look. Damn. Yeah. And then, obviously, afterwards, we know what happens. Dooku gets decapitated. Um, They rescue Palpatine. Grievous is forced to retreat. And with the death of Count Dooku, basically, Grievous is now the de facto leader of a confederacy. Damn. It didn't last too long, but still pretty good. Yeah. Um, It didn't last long at all. <laughs> not very long. Um, So... You know, he does his thing, sends the Separatist console to Mustafar. He has his signature, hello there, General Kenobi moment. <laughs> yep, on it, pal. Yeah, and then uh, manages to get killed by Obi-Wan by blasting him several times in his gut. And that was the end of General Grievous. That was still a very long history. It is a very long history for... The entirety of the Clone Wars itself is like three years. By the way, I'm just scratching the surface of all the shit Grievous has done in the Clone Wars. But uh, yeah, it's very, very deep. We can only do so much in under an hour. Yeah. Or under two hours now. <laughs> However, um, this isn't exactly the end of his story. So, um... So the, the, what, what, the story doesn't end with him dying. <laughs> anyway, um... We're, okay, so... You know, after uh, he dies and Obi-Wan steals his starfighter and gets the fuck out of Dodge, eventually a team of clone troopers finds his body and they're like, holy shit, that's the body of General Grievous, holy shit. Mm -hmm. And basically, they take 
the body of General Grievous and put it in one of uh, Palpatine's storehouses because, you know, it's classified uh, information and all that. And Palpatine probably wants to use it for later or whatever. Of course. Um, and it would gather dust on one of the warehouses of Utapal for like over 20 years, somewhere around there. Was uh, it rumored that Thrawn possibly had Grievous's mask? Yes. Um, but actually, um, Grievous kind of gets revived later. Um, what? So, <laughs> so there's this old uh, Star Wars MMO called Star Wars Galaxies. And basically it takes place during the Galactic Civil War era. You know, the original trilogy and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically there was this Imperial cyberneticist who found the, the uh, hollowed out of cybernetic body of General Grievous. And he decided, I'm going to use that to create the next future of advanced combat droids. And basically what he did... As he got the most advanced AI chip in the galaxy and inserted it into Grievous's body. Wow. And obviously Grievous himself wasn't revived, but this new being was, you know, given life. And this being would be called NK Necrosis. Hmm. And it's basically this AI that's, pi- that's you know, that's inhabiting. piloting his body. Piloting his body, basically. And the idea is, okay, we're going to make a new line of super soldiers by copying Grievous's body and as well as the AI. And Grievous, I say Grievous, NK Necrosis would stay hidden on the Wookiee homeworld of Kashyyyk for a little while. Until he was found by a bunch of spacers, you know, player characters. Yeah. And he was gunned down. Of course. He's a boss, <laughs> I think. <clears throat> and assumingly, that was uh, where... One of the spacers took the mask and assumingly it was passed down to the invisible market, which is, you know, much more important than the black market. Mm -hmm. And that's how Grand Admiral Fraun obtained the mask of General Grievous. So he does have it. Yep. So it's not just a rumor. No, I mean, there's a lot of sources that say it's not a rumor and others that say it is a rumor. I'm going to go with it's real because it's cooler. That does sound pretty cool. It's like, here. Look at, I hold the mask of the greatest fucking general of the Galactic Civil War. Yeah. It's, it's really or fucking cool. Galactic Civil War, the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, the Clone Wars. Wrong war. Um, also, um, even though Grievous is truly dead, um, it's found out several years later by, uh, by a New Republic agents when they visited, uh, Kui. They actually found that one of the most infamous generals of the entire galaxy was now part of the uh, pantheon of their gods. Of course. So he did achieve godhood. Oh, yeah. He That's did. awesome. And they even erected a temple in his honor on Kali. Even though they don't have his remains. Yes. That's cool, though. Yeah, so he, he does get a happy ending. So he does achieve godhood. That's awesome. I like to think, and a lot of people do as well, when the very moment Grievous died, his spirit kind of like, what have I done? And, you know, he sends to godhood. And then he managed to find the soul of Rendiro Kumar and they're living in the afterlife together. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And that is the story of General Grievous. What do you think? That was, I, a lot of that I did not know. Uh-huh. And it paints Grievous in a better light. You know, he is not just this cowardly hulking droid who has an asthma condition. Yeah. As what we saw in the movies. He is a warlord who was on the brink of death and was brought back 
as a tool of the Separatists, yep. but a great tool of the Separatists. Yeah, and like, uh, he arguably has a much tragic backstory than Anakin did. He has a very tragic backstory. Anakin is like, eh, yeah, that sucks. But like, he, his father got killed. His closest partner got killed. Eight of his basically brothers got perished in the ocean. Yeah, he's and had he a pretty but, shitty life. He all but disappeared. Yeah. Off the off the face of his planet and no one knew where he went. Mm-hmm. And even though he was basically a slave of a Sith, he will forever be remembered as one of the greatest generals in the entire galaxy. And that's a good way for it to end. Yeah. Now you can see why I love Grievous as a character. I can see that. And I, I respect him more as a character. Oh yeah, he is so fucking awesome. I there needs to be a fucking movie exploring his origins. I can see that being a movie, but I don't think it would be very popular. Maybe not, but I would pay fucking money to see that. At least like an arc of a TV show or, you know, a miniseries. Yeah. You know, something. Disney, you have a lot of untapped potential here. Get on it. <laughs> I mean, Tales of the Jedi is coming out soon, which yeah. is going to expand on Dooku's backstory fucking finally. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. And Ahsoka, too. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. A lot of good things to look forward to in Star Wars. I really need to get around to uh, watching Andor. I heard that's pretty good so far. I've heard about it. Someone even said at the store today, they said it was really good. Yeah. And I still have yet to watch Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're doing a lot of, uh, I forgive a word. Um, Adulting. Yeah we, <laughs> yeah. we need to get a lot on top of a lot of things. But anyway. <laughs> so that's our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how many Jedi can Grievous kill? Or how many lightsabers can Grievous collect? <laughs> Add to his collection. Oh, by the way. Um, I'll brief this, I'll uh, tell this briefly. There's a non-canon story of Grievous before the Clone Wars. So before, he has like his own personal collection of Sith lightsabers. He's like, oh, my awesome collection of red lightsabers. But then they got stolen by a bunch of dark Jedi. And he's like, motherfucker, I'm going to kill your ass. <laughs> and he followed them to this acid planet and whatever. And the Dark Jedi wanted to become Sith. That's why they stole lightsabers. Well, duh. Duh. <laughs> and during that uh, duel with Grievous, they accidentally dropped his entire collection in the acid ponds. Oh, no. And they're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Just run away. <laughs> and Grievous was like, fuck. <sighs> okay. I might as well restart my collection with Jedi lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even mad? He was like, Fuck. Okay, time to restart my collection. <laughs> <laughs> As of every collector's plights. Yeah, and that's the or the origin of a meme of your lightsaber will be a fine addition to my collection. And that is the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We uh, hope you enjoyed. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye with that end.